Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hello, Freud's Angels universe. (laughs) Welcome to episode 158 of the Freud's Angels podcast. I got a little sidetracked there because it's storming outside and there was like a big gust of wind and and I just went there with it. I went with the wind, Um, (laughs) but I'm back now (laughs) and ready to talk about this like super great and important topic. It's um, never, I feel like it's something that we never get tired of talking about. We never have enough information about everybody. It's good for us to continuously talk about it and make it like something that we aren't afraid to talk about. Um, but yeah, I feel like our, our personal spin on it is going to maybe be a little bit interesting. There'll be some personal stories that support, you know, our belief systems or the things that we've had to work on and hopefully help you either by giving you ideas or by giving you inspiration to, um, make this path a good one. What is it that we're going to talk about today? And I also want to include that we've worked on and are still sometimes working on it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because it's totally spawned from an experience I had this week. We yes. are going to talk about As long as I'm on this earth, I will be having this experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of goes along with being in the 3D, right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk this week about uh, our winter bodies. And I think this is going, this is, it was hard to come up with a title that because we've done similar ones talking about our bodies, but I think because of the time of year, because of like how it's the new year's resolutions are going to start happening. And really like we talk about being indulgent over the holidays and, and how that, you know, how we feel about that, the judgments we make and, 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 you know, I just, I really feel it's it's a it's a poignant topic for conversation, and it's a good topic to have as a reminder to you that um, to check in about your own relationship with your body. Because, man, I tell you what, so many things in the past. We did the body series, gosh, forever ago, two thousand one, I twenty twenty one, we two thousand one, was the year I got married. Twenty twenty one is was wow. It's, Wow, it was almost over 20 years ago. Anyway, I know. I'm like, uh, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Um, and yeah, okay. So we did the body series starting in 2021. I think it lost traction because there was other things that I had to work through in order to get back to that. Like the intention was set, the things were learned, but there was other things for me emotionally and mentally that were in the way of continuing that journey. Like, cause we always, I always, something I will say forever, forever and ever and ever that our bodies are, are how we feel internally is reflected about how our bodies are. Mm -hmm. So if there's trauma, if there's issues that we're not working on, belief systems that are there mentally, emotionally, 
about ourselves, about our deservability, about our worthiness. It's going to be physically reflected in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's why when people approach it, and there's some really great new Instagram, not new, they've been in it for a minute, but that I've newly discovered, um, talking about this concept and about how it's more and it's one of the more important parts about taking care of yourself is your mental and emotional state because of how it affects the eating and the exercising and how like those are tools mm-hmm. but if you don't fix the the reason why the tools don't work yeah you, you it's not going to work and the I, I'm so su- it makes me super pumped because I I I am so anti-diet culture right now. And I am very anti like grinding it out and like like shaming yourself for whatever reason with physical movement and and all of that. Like it it really grates on me because I've done it. It's not because I'm judging someone else for saying to do it. It's because I've been a product of that culture and uh I don't I'm not okay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and it's like a whole, it's a whole situation. Like as you were talking, I was thinking about um, how I, how I used to feel about certain posts and how I feel about them now. This is what my brain does. It goes on like little side missions as, as, and I'm hearing both things, which is crazy because I don't know, ADHD brain, it's a superpower. I can hear both things at the same time. Good for me. Uh, but I was thinking about like, you know, like some, sometimes I'll share things to my stories, right? Like from people, you know, like about the gym and, you know, like stuff like this, some of it bordering on toxic, right? Like about like, oh, my shoulder hurts. I should just go to the gym anyway. You know what I mean? Like, and like, ha ha, because I am doing that, you know, but like, um, you know, some of the stuff about like, you know, it is important and it's good for your future and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, like there was a time where I felt like that was shaming me right? Like that, because I wasn't doing it, you're telling me that I'm a bad person. Right. And, and like one, it was, it's funny because like literally one of the ones that I shared recently, I had that like moment where I was like, I probably would have felt differently about this when I was in my bad space, (laughs) but I'm in my good space right now. So I align with it, right? Like I feel it. I feel aligned with it because I'm aligned positively with myself, right? Like I'm aligned with it as a positive statement versus a negative statement. And that is my perception only, right? Like four years ago, if I had saw, if I had seen that, my perception would have told me a different story. So there is like a lot of the mental part of it that people don't really talk about. We talk so much about what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do. And it's like, well, how do we think? How do we feel? How do we perceive things? Because the more we perceive negatively, the harder it's going to be to be motivated, right? So it's like, what what are the meanings that we're gleaning from all of the stuff that's coming around us that are making us detach further from ourselves and our bodies and any mission that has anything to do with a body, right? Like, how is this happening? But yeah, um, yeah like, and I actually love... Um, the idea of you you know using the word winter bodies because i think we have we have a you know that we're in this culture of like summer bodies you know and it's like well yeah but you have a body all year round and it is it is a valid and an important thing all year round and um yeah like we're going to talk about it in the winter time too and we're going to embrace it and love it in the winter time too um whatever whatever that looks like 
this topic is so big for me personally. I have uh, clients that have been on and are on like rediscovering the body mission. And like what you just said is like our number one is like, well, how are you attached to your body and bodies in general? Because if you are not even neutrally attached to your body, we're going to throw tools at a brick wall you're going to reject all these tools because they're going to come with they're going to come as rejection or they're going to come as too hard or they're going to come as something that you don't want we have to make you want to listen to your body to talk to your body to touch your body to you know like those kind of things and i feel like the diet culture is toxic but i feel like the anti-diet culture can be just as toxic because it will make people disconnect from things that are good for them too. Yeah. Right. Because they're just like, no, we're not going to do that. And it's like, well, maybe you can, or maybe you should, or maybe that is good for you, but you won't let yourself explore that because of like what I opened with of like how it made you feel like personally and in your feelings and with your trauma, like we need to work through that because somewhere in the middle is great. Somewhere in the middle is great where we can have discussions. We can talk about weight and not feel bad about it. We can talk about body shape and not feel bad about it and talk about muscles and not feel bad about it. You know, like that's to me, the goal is neutralization of everything that I can sit down and I can say, I lost five pounds and I wanted to, my knees feel better. I want to be able to say that and not have it sound like I lost five pounds. Oh my God, I'm so much better now. You know, like we have a long way to go though, because we've got yeah well, we got a lot of toxic stuff out there well we talk we say this all the time i think with the idea of the polarization and then there's that happy medium yeah it's it's like when when we're so connected to like a cause like if we're pro diet and like do it or we're anti-diet and we're like we're extremisms extremisms is never good regardless of what it is yeah it's it's you know because I too feel that way. Like I do, I'm very anti-diet culture, but I'm also understanding that there's information in diet culture that could help me physically, like knowing how things work, knowing what foods work and how they work and saying, okay, you're saying I can only eat these five things for three years. Like, okay, yes, because they do this to the body. Well, can I add them to my current diet in order to, and in order to like supplement and to augment what I'm doing in order to shift me into healthiness? Um, so one of the things, and oh, I will butcher this and I will try to say it, but it's on, there's a post somewhere out there in social media in ethers about eat what you want, add what you need. Yeah. And, and kind of like, you know, if you want to eat this, add what your body needs. And then, and then there's another, there's like three different steps of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, so you want the cheeseburger and you want the fries. Okay. Well, can you add a salad? Like add more of what you need. Yes. Your salad's carbs, but it's <laughs> zero carbs. Um, it's like giving yourself the the nutrients that you need 
but adding more, you know, but still eating what you want. But because you're adding what you need, chances are the things that you, the things that you want to eat, you'll eat less of because you're adding what you need. So it's like, <clears throat> there's, it's not that we're throwing out the knowledge of diet culture and it's not that we're like forgetting it for the sake of being on a stand. People who are in extremisms is because they're in some side of trauma cycle. Yep. Extremisms mm -hmm. mean there's black and white thinking, which means you're in a trauma response. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's really hard to access the value of the one and the value of the other and put them together to meet, create your own personal like version of it in that middle, that middle part of the pendulum, like when it's really still, like, yeah. you know. It's such a challenge. It, it, it is because I swing, I swing a lot. <laughs> yeah, because our feelings are involved, right? right? Like if we were just straight sciencing in this, this would be super easy. Like if we could just turn off our feelings and be like, what does my body need? Cool, I'll give it to it. Like we do with the car, right? Like, hey, my car's broken. Oh, okay, you need a radiator? Well, give me the radiator, right? Like I don't have feelings about the radiator having been broken and my radiator isn't as good as everybody else's radiator and my car and like, and the shape of the radiator isn't as cool as the shape of this. Like we don't have all of these feelings. Right? Like we just fix the damn thing, right? Like if we could science our way, that'd be great, but we can't, we have feelings, right? Like we have trauma. So we have to, you know, do navigate it in a different way. But yeah, like the, the, the thing that's missing, I feel like is exactly what you're talking about in that realm of like, okay, what do we have now, right? Like, and how do we make this easy? Like, that's what I say to everybody. I'm like, do not go to the gym five days this week if you have not been at the gym for five years. That's ridiculous. You're gonna burn yourself out. You're gonna hate this because there's a reason why you haven't been there for five years. You may not like the gym, right? Like this, we may not create a gym rat from you, right? Like, so don't do that. Do not do that. What works for you? Can you do five jumping jack? What what do you want to do? Right? Like, do you do you wanna be do you wanna be strong and do push-ups? Okay, then do like knee push, do three knee push-ups, like at lunchtime, you know what I mean? Like just add something that feels cool. Like we, we go into like this examination of what is actually possible to add into the equation that we have right now, because too, too big of a step, we pull our muscles, like to, you know, say it, <laughs> to make, to make a really bad pun. We <laughs> like, it's too big of a stretch, right? Like I, we don't, if we stretch too much, then we need to recoil and heal. And so we don't want to do that with any of this kind of stuff. And so, I mean, it's always what we, you know, we, we're, we're starting with like, how do we attach with our, to our bodies to want to even friggin' do this? Because most people are so detached. They're like, I don't care. I just want end result. Right. And it's like, we, we've got to get you to care. We got to get you to care because the only way you're going to nourish your body is if you love it on some level, for whatever, whatever you need to attach it to. I need to be alive for my kids. Great. We're going to go, we're going to go and we're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about what things make your heart stay stronger for the rest of your life. And we're going to start doing those things, right? Like your individual thing with food. It's always that I'm, I'm like, do not do what they do on the TV show where they go and they throw away all the junk food. Cause you're going to go to the friggin' store and buy more of it. And yeah. probably a lot of it, because once that feeling starts to hit, you're going to go nuts. So leave it there, but take your time. Take your yeah. time when you make the choices. Like anything, between trigger and behavior, we want to increase the space. The trigger being, I want a cookie. 
and the behavior being I ate the cookie, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to make that space so big that by the time we ate the cookie, we have made a decision that makes us feel good, not makes us feel guilty, not makes us feel like we overdid it or that we were in our feelings and didn't do it with intention, which creating more intention in our lives so that we feel in control. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I love this topic. You know, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to hire you as my coach, Vanessa. <laughs> it makes me so happy, right? Like I just, because, because I, I feel like you know, on my own personal journey, I had to do that. And it was so freeing, right? Like I had to learn how to attach to my body in a way that had nothing to do with sports because it was always about sports. I wanted to be a good athlete. So it, the food thing, I was young, so I didn't care as much, but I would work out to make sure that the food wouldn't affect my physical activity, right? And once that went away, I was like, well, why the hell would I work out? <laughs> right? Like, I don't have anything to be good at. <laughs> right. And so I had to reattach myself to like, well, you want to be around. You don't want to feel like crap. You want to wake up and not feel hungover when you haven't had anything to drink. Like you want to, you, you want to feel strong. You, you like, you actually do like feeling strong. That was the part you were attaching to when it came to wanting to be good at sports. You wanted to be strong. You wanted to be fast. You can still want to be strong and fast, even though you don't have an achievement. The achievement is the stronger and faster. You don't need to prove it to anybody. You right. get to be that. And so like, but then like having to change, shift my own diet, you know, based on what my body doesn't like or does like and going through the mental gymnastics of being like, listen, just because you like cheese and it doesn't hurt you so much doesn't mean that you need to keep eating it. Like you have to have something. So eat it less or introduce this, you know, plant-based cheese and just eat it more often. And it was a step down program or a step up program or whatever it was that needed to be done to create the habit that I wanted, not the habit that somebody else told me I needed to do. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it, it changes, it really changes everything. It's also a very long process and people don't like to hear that. No, they want to like, you know, get fit in like 90 days or less. And I, you know, and, but here's the thing is like, yes, if you are extremism in your discipline, if you want to cut out everything, yeah, you're sure you're going to get results from that. But there's two things that happen. One is, is that it's highly unsustainable long-term, like long-term, like what, what does that look like? Could you do this forever? Chances are not. Yeah. Um, two is, is that because there's extremism and there is that feeling of extreme discipline, it feels like punishment to the body. Yeah. Like the body will go into its own trauma response. So the minute you stop doing what you're doing, your body's going to react in protecting itself and gaining the weight because your body has a natural rhythm of its weight. And so when you're an extreme and you're dropping large amounts of weight, it feels like there's something wrong with you. There's famine. There's its signal is to tell it to hold on to weight because it doesn't have enough because you're dropping weight so extremely. And because of that, the body's response is naturally to store the fat and the energy you need for the times when there's famine. That's why like 
it's it has its own intelligence and i think that that's where we think it's yes we call it a flesh suit or it's a tool to exist in but the body has its natural ability to take care of itself mm -hmm. however what we do to it affects its rhythm and how it takes care of itself mm -hmm. And so the more gradual you are at introducing change to your body, the more like you ramp up with that change emotionally, mentally, and physically, you're gonna more inclined to stick to those changes and at, at a level, like I'm not saying like you stick to them forever and you never go off the path. No, there's moments because we're human. We've had experiences with food that may not be necessarily nutritious for us. And so, but because we've created memories with them, we've created emotions with those foods, connection to those foods, we're going to want them at some point. And it's about that rhythm and that softness when I think personally, I feel um, that if we cannot create trauma and judgment around the foods we're eating, it chances are we're more inclined to be successful at reducing the amount we're eating. If you tell me I can never have pizza again, what do you think I'm gonna want every day for the next week? Pizza. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the psychology of our body and our, mm -hmm. and our minds and our emotions. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah our belief systems are, are everything they run they run everything and so whatever our belief is about food or whatever our belief is about pizza or whatever our belief is about cookies or whatever our belief is about how much we eat or whatever you know like that's going to run the show and so like but but belief systems don't happen overnight so in order to change your belief system it does take practice it does take intention it does take change it does take sitting down and actually like taking apart the, all the, the current belief system. Where did it come from? How did it get here? Do I really believe this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, all of all of these kind of things, right? Um, it, it's, it's what runs the show. And when we don't do that, you know, what you're saying is true. People can go, I mean, people can do amazing things. We are, we are like, as humans, we're freaking fascinating and amazing. We, the, the potentials that we have are amazing. So people do it, they do it all the time, right? Like they go and they go on this mission and they're like, oh my gosh, whatever, like I'm on it and whatever. But like when we do that, you know, and we persevere to escape trauma, the trauma just continues to have a hold on us. So even the people who maintain it, and there are people who maintain it, they're not maintaining it with love, they're maintaining it with trauma until they work through these things that we're talking about. So you may see somebody get fit and stay fit forever, but you know what that person is doing? Stressing every goddamn day about everything that they put in their mouth. And that is not a happy life, right? Yeah. But you're, you may be getting reinf positive reinforcement from other people. And yeah. so your trauma is being soothed. And that's all your brain wanted to do was to soothe the trauma. So we are going to do by any means necessary soothing the trauma because we haven't done it the best way which is the dismantling of the current belief system, the creating a, of a new belief system and allowing ourselves to create whatever it is from that belief system and, and let it run its course, let it take its time. You know, like there's so many things like that, that I, I think about, like my daughter yesterday in the store, she was like, do I like Oreos? And I was like, I don't think so. 
you know, I was like, I don't remember the last time you had one, but from what I remember, you didn't like them. You know, like they were too chocolatey and you didn't like the middle part of it or whatever. And then I thought to myself, when's the last time I had an Oreo? <laughs> right? And I was like, I used to make Oreo cupcakes. They were like one of my best sellers with the Oreo cupcakes. And I'm like, I don't even remember the last time I had one. And then I don't want one today because yeah. I don't like them. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like, there's so many other things that have replaced that now in my life that give me the pleasure of eating an Oreo. Like I, I really did. I sat there and I was like, Oreos, whoopie pies. Like there were a lot of things that I really did love, but I'm like, I don't miss them. Why don't I miss them? Right? Like I was really in a moment of like, why don't I care anymore? And it was like, because I did the work. I did the work to, to be like, do you really love them though? Do you? Like, do you love what they're made out of? Do you, do you like something different? What is it that you love about them? right? Is it the sugar and the chocolate and the whatever mixed together? Is there something that that doesn't make you feel like shit that you can eat that tastes like that? <laughs> right? Like that doesn't give you the side effect, right? Like, and apparently there was because I don't, I don't eat them anymore. But like, I didn't even recognize that process had ever happened. Right? Like, I don't really remember the day that I was like, Oreos are done because I didn't do it that way. Yeah, I didn't say you can't have these anymore. It just yeah. like naturally happened because I found something else that I loved and, and, and like whatever I, whatever processes I went through, you know, I did that now over the holidays, pumpkin pie, I'm into it. I love pumpkin pie. I made a, a dairy free pumpkin pie and it did not taste that good. So I made a dairy full pumpkin pie, <laughs> right? It's still gluten free because gluten is like the major thing for me. And I allowed myself to have I don't know, maybe two pieces out of it, out of the, the whole time that it was around. And it was satisfying and it was fine. And I did have repercussions, but I said to myself, when, how often do you do this? You don't, you know, pumpkin pie is like for you a fall thing. You're not going to do this in the middle of the summertime. So just let your, let yourself do it. Like, and then have the talk with yourself, you know, of like, is it, is it that important? It, it felt important. It's okay. I'm not off the rails. I didn't derail anything. It's fine. It's okay. Right. But I'm in a good place because of all the work that I've done. I didn't, I didn't go off the rails. Now I understand some of my clients are like, I'm not eating the fucking pumpkin pie because then I'll eat the whole thing. Yeah. Like I have no self-control around the pumpkin pie. And I'm like, okay, okay. There are, yeah. And there, there are things. And so, you know, there are things I don't have in the house because of that ice cream is one of them. I have no self-control over ice cream at all. Like none. And because I love it so much. And so I will, I tend to either, you know, if I'm wanting it and it's, yeah, but it's also about creating relationship. And so this is going to be really feel really a stretch for some people. But as you were talking, I was like, and hearing how you're talking about it, you didn't say you couldn't have it. You were just considering what is best for me. Like what, what would support me in the goals that I have or the idea and supporting my body, but yet still give me and get me what I need. And, and it's not to say, like you said, you tried to do the best you could with the pumpkin pie, but you didn't say, oh, then you can't have pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. You were like, we're going to have this version, not the best, but we'll, we know the repercussions of this pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. But anyways as you were talking, it reminded me of how you train a horse. <laughs> Don't ask. Nice. I, you know, I love these stretch, but like, <laughs> oh, just, just ride with me on the yeah. pony and, and <laughs> we'll get there. But 
if if you're when you're training a horse in a natural type of way, I'm not talking about breaking them and beating them up. That's the way that you don't because they do things out of fear, which is what we create when we're in our extremisms, when we're telling us we can't have things, when we're telling ourselves we have to do this every single day or don't do this or whatever. When we're giving ultimatums to ourselves, we react out of fear, but we could react out of defiance. A, a horse that's been broken with 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 fear will be like a time bomb and the minute it's feeling unsafe or threatened it will fucking buck you off and send you and and hurt you right mm -hmm. and i feel it's the same way but when you pat pirelli i think was the name of it we use that to train our horses and i bought a horse a camp horse who you know basically their job is follow the butt in front of you and just keep walking like they're not really trained to have like but they get stubborn and this one his name was chief well he was stubborn he you couldn't you couldn't lead him he would lead you and it was it was hard and this was this is before this was yeah this was this before I had RA? Yes, it was because it was before I moved to Canada. So I was able-bodied at the time. And so when we were trying to collect him or, you know, or to help tra train him or to gather whatever term you want to use, it was about putting pressure in the places that gently and kindly and having him choose to want to listen. And having him choose what he wanted or did in that moment. But creating a space of safety for him that he could do it. Like as soon as he kind of like, you know, and the pressure is what? I held a stick out. That was the pressure. Like I didn't touch him. I didn't force him. I just mm -hmm. held a stick in a way that he was unsure of. And then he, so he looked to me. So it was like I created a boundary for him. Yeah. And he hit up against it and was like, I don't know about this boundary. I don't know what's happening. And then he yeah. sought comfort to me. So it's like when we're doing that for ourselves, when we're on this journey, body journey, and whatever aspect, whether it's food, physical movement, or emotion, and mental connection to our bodies, it's like we have to build that trust. Mm -hmm. We have to build that sense of like, if I'm struggling with something, I can trust myself to support myself, not in a harsh, strict, like fearful way but in a way of like i'm having a big emotional day and i'm super like and i'm super connected to those ginger snap cookies that are sitting that i made like and i'm like i just really want some like and telling myself no you can't have that that's not good for you mm -hmm. is a really fast way to get yourself not to trust yourself yeah and it's 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 I mean, it's literally telling yourself that you can't trust yourself. Like you want something that's bad. You're dumb, right? Yeah. Like to put it like in a really horrible way, but like, you don't know what's right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It's like shaming yourself for wanting something that in the past has brought you comfort. Mm -hmm. And, and because of this, and this, I think stretches into, I think what started the conversation earlier was, our emotional connection to our bodies, our connection to our physical beings, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, energetically. And I think for me, I've done, I've done friends, I have lost weight, felt good, done the work physically, but never did the work mentally and emotionally. And 
I've done it so many times, I could write books about it. And it's not to say that the things I was doing didn't work. It worked well, but I didn't have the trust and security within my own body and myself to sustain those changes. Yeah. Because what would happen is I would have an emotional upset. I would be in a high emotional state. I would like I'd move or something would happen in my life that was super big. And what I would do, I would revert to the comforts of what I knew because I wasn't there emotionally to support myself through them in a way that didn't need a lot of fucking comfort and candy and pastries. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a slippery slope, right? Like, I mean, it happens. I feel like that's a natural thing that that happens a big movement like moving we do need comfort right? right like we i mean that's something that's natural and what we're trying to do is interrupt the 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 process of the downhill slide right like of being like okay i don't need comfort for 6 months right like like but what what am i looking for with comfort right now a nice hot meal okay i can have a nice hot meal you know, but I feel like for a lot of people, it becomes a slippery slope. There's this all or nothing thinking of like, well, now I'm off the track or like you just start to follow the track because it's familiar and the comfort, right? Like it, it's kind of like dismantling what comfort means so that you can allow yourself to do some things that you've decided are bad because of the, the, the special situation of it. It's it's such a mental, like there, there's so much mental and emotional like baggage that we carry with us that when we really unpack it we have way more self-control and we have way more willpower than we ever like access but we don't push ourselves to learn how to access it because we're afraid right like in that, that again like that trust building it takes just a couple i mean i've watched i have one client in particular that i've watched like quote unquote misstep a couple times but because their mindset is now that that's not the end it's not black or white i didn't fuck everything up like it becomes just a blip on the radar it's literally nothing it's like having any other meal or whatever it's just kind of like well that's what happened and um how did i feel i felt like shit. i didn't actually like how i felt i liked what it tasted like i don't know like and 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 it was it was a blip on the radar it wasn't a big major fuck up Right. And that is, that's, I feel like what happens to a lot of people is like, I was doing so good and now I'm not. It's like, yeah, yeah. you can still do it. Like you can still do anything. You have the, the ability to do it, but it's that emotional and mental thing that, that in our belief system that is drilled within us that comes to rear its ugly head and tell us how much of a failure we are. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, and, what I, you know, one of my understandings of my own personal experience with this and what realization came to me this week is that if you're a person who has grown up overweight or you're a person who like, was bullied in school or was kind of the fat kid or, you know, there's, when we're in those ages, we internalize, we've said this a hundred times, I know, we internalize everything. And we make, we don't have the understanding about how this works, how bullying works. And the fact that that person generally is in pain and then will project it onto others. Or 
you know, you feel super insecure about yourself and unsure, maybe you're shy, maybe you're anxious, <laughs> excuse me, there's an energetic, like, it's, it's like that, that feeding when there's energy of that vibration of insecurity of awareness of, you know, sometimes it attracts people like that that are wounded because they're wounded. And so it's going to connect with you, but it's, they've been taught by their parents that they've been bullied by their parents or mm -hmm. their experience is that. So they're going to do that to you. And we don't understand at the age of six that it has nothing to do with you or your body or who you are or how you look. It has everything to do with their emotional place. And so what I came to realize this last week, especially and I've realized it in varying degrees, but it really came apparent last week in a way that was, I learned that in connecting, well, okay, let me start at the beginning. Sorry, I'm trying to phrase this in a way that it's understandable because my brain's going 900 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. um, my intention was because I've been kicking around the idea of needing to be more physical, move physically more. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, being now being thrown into menopause, a lack of estrogen, which is help like you, like all of a sudden you lose like so much muscle tone, like mm -hmm. it's like gone <laughs> really quickly. And I struggled with, with the autoimmune disease because that's a product of autoimmune disease is that because of not moving for so long, I add my muscles atrophy really fast. So if I'm not consistently moving my body, my muscle tone completely goes away which is what has happened. So, and, and so, and then you add menopause on top of it and it's like, Oh wow. Okay. And so mm -hmm. in the forefront of my mind, I've been thinking I need to physically move more, not because of losing weight that will help my body feel better, but it will be a happy like outcome, but not an intentional. I'm, I'm like, I want to be strong. I I'm, I'm 40, whatever. And I don't want at, 70 or at 60, I don't want to be incapable of taking care of myself. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm like, Ooh, I think our body would feel better if we were stronger. My back wouldn't hurt my, I could stand longer and cook. I could do more things. I could like maybe take a trip somewhere and enjoy it and not feel at the mercy of what I experienced. So, but I have this huge, like disconnect between that desire and the actual doing of it. Like mm -hmm. I, I can, the only way I can to articulate it is like there's a chasm yeah. and I need to jump to the other side and I can't because it's like a nothingness. And yeah. I really was like, okay, body, like I get it. Gym class was always a space of shame. So our physical body, but I was like, and I was bullied as a kid for being overweight. So we get that we're working on it we're working on that but what is it really what is the root of this problem and the thing that came out and so if those of you that don't know in therapy you have parts work parts the different parts of you you know your wounded self your inner child your adult self your managers your whatever's you know there's there's it's it's a really cool way of working through some of what's inside of you and so that version of me that young version of me, that wounded self that got bullied, that gym class was a source of shame. It all put the ownership on our body. So we felt our body is unsafe. 
Our body is the source of our pain. Our body is what gives us pain and trauma and causes trauma. And, you know, rejection from my, you know, you've heard me say it a hundred times, like rejection from my mother, um, you know, at school, like everywhere there was, my body was always the thing that everybody had to comment about, to hurt me with. And so my body became unsafe. And so that part of me, and so, you know, our trauma minds are created from those spaces. So it's like, nope, we're going to disconnect completely from the body. Nope. We, it's a source yeah. of trauma. Oh, this thing, this thing sucks. Yeah. And, and so it was like, so when I connected with these parts, it was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not get into the, cause I want to go full steam ahead and I need to breathe. Um, it was like, yeah, but it causes us so much pain. It's, it was its fault for how we feel like our trauma is because of it. It caused that it was because of that. And, you know, and, and, and the energy of my body was like, not really. And, and I'm, and so it was like me mediating, which is ironic, um, between the belief, sorry, the belief of that part of that version of me, that wounded version of me, the belief that it was my body's fault and my body feeling the result of that and being disregarded, being ignored. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and not being connected with and, and not being taken care of. Yeah. And I'm going to say also, as you were talking, I was thinking about, because I, you know, I was going into, I, I, I have an eight-year-old right now. So I was like, okay, what is it like when they're this age? <laughs> you know, like, and, and talking about, you know, who we trust the most at that time, you know, like I, it, she trusts me more than anybody in this entire world. I am her safety. Right. And so I take that very, very seriously as intentional as, as, as a parent as I can be. Um, and, and that's because I've done tremendous work on my trauma my whole entire life you know, starting as a teenager, you know what I mean? So like, I, I feel like that, you know, people who haven't had those opportunities that I've had aren't coming from that space, right? So they're not provide, they're not intentionally trying to provide a safe space for their kiddos, right? And so like, when you were talking, I was just thinking about like, man, what other stuff was going on in our little brain, right? Like, of, well, your mom was the one that was supposed to help you. And so, if she was also joining in on that, but she was the one who helped create your body and your attachment to your body and the way that you take care of your body. And she didn't teach you any of that stuff. You know what I mean? So even if, even if you wanted, even if at six year old, six years old, you said, you know what? I do feel like if you had the capacity, we don't, but like if you had the capacity to say, I don't feel great. I'm tired all the time. Right? Like, you didn't have the skills to be able to create a new program within your brain. You were just floundering with, well, everybody's telling me that things are bad, but nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's helping me figure out how to do it right or how to feel or, you know what I mean? Like th there was, there was nothing to teach you anything about that attachment. So how could you have changed anything or wanted to like deal with it? It was just attachment because it's the it's the only thing that you can access at that age is to just like yeah. try not to care. Yeah. And 
you know, and in this happening, this this availability of information, of awareness, of understanding came from a space of what I said, like having to do some work that that didn't directly relate to like what we were doing in the body series. Like, like there was some things that had to happen. Why? Because I had to build that trust in myself that I could share, it could share with me its deepest and darkest in order for me to understand. And then I would listen and understand it and validate what it was feeling and allow it to say what it needed to say. Like two years ago, if that were to come up, I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, like, I don't know that I even, even would have felt safe enough to give me that information because of how I treated myself. And so there was some, there is some work related to our relationship to our body that happens that isn't even about our body. It's, it's about our relationship with those parts of ourselves, the wounded, the woundedness and, and the, the, you know, whatever you call it. But it's like this process, especially this year, ugh, this, this year has given many spaces for me to show up for myself and to create and foster that trust that yes, you're allowed to feel what you're feeling, especially lately. I've been like, every time I feel something, I'm like, feel it, girl, feel it to the hell, like feel it to its fullest extreme. And then it's like, it gives it a chance to just blow over and then I can breathe. And then we talk about it. Like, I don't tell myself that I'm being irrational. I don't tell myself that, you know, I try to just to maintain peace. I stop feeling like it doesn't work that way. Didn't work very well for me for very many years, but because I fostered that trust, that part of me was able to express it. And what do you do when you get that information? Like, what do you do with those parts that, and, and what I did and, you know, I didn't have therapy last week. So this next week is going to be a really good juicy (laughs) therapist. So um, I sat with it and I'm like, you know what? I see how you would feel that way. Mm. I'm like, I so see that, that you, why you think that that happened because it was always about your body. And I allowed it to just kind of tell its tale, tell me why and the feelings it had and, and how, you know, how it made me feel and the things. And it wasn't like I did it from a space of reliving, although I felt the emotion. It was from a space of hearing and listening to a friend who's talking to me about their own body and their relationship with it. And I sat with it and I was like, you know what? Yeah. And I said, but can I share some information? And I explained to that part of myself about that, that person probably was in a lot of pain at home or was really bullied by their parents or that they learned it because they didn't know any better and that it probably didn't have much to do with us and it was like really and i'm like yeah i'm like do you, could you see that and i would think about those persons and i would think about my mom and her own dysfunctional relationship with her body and how and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like mom has always been upset with her body and very like it's not enough like dieting constantly i'm like yeah i see that and i'm like but that had nothing to do with us it wasn't because of our body and so i've opened the door for consideration of that wounded part to consider maybe the body isn't the problem and it's not something to be fixed or rejected or judged it's just our body and that's kind of the start of where it's going but i feel that that was like whoo 
the door was opened and like I feel the possibilities of of you know further talking about it and further understanding our bodies and how it works and teaching that part of ourselves that what I think we're trying to do now as the parents of the now that are aware of that stuff that they're trying to teach like autonomy over the body like you know it, your body it does not equal your value and those things but man it's like <laughs> still Vanessa I'm like you know it's like a constant mediation a constant processing internally of all these things now I'm grateful because I get to do it because I am aware of it. I have the knowledge, I have the understanding, I have great support systems. Many therapists in my life have, have definitely blessed me with knowledge and understanding and you know my own spiritual awareness and growing and healing. But it's it's just like, oh, okay, it took the work to get here. It's how it's possible. But I feel that you know, there's foundations being built currently and that I can spring from and, and build from and understand from and be patient from. Yeah, patience, like, like everybody heard that and was like, nope. <laughs> this sounds hard, I'm not gonna do it. Yep. <laughs> and that's what in our pregame, we talked about that. A lot of people quit on this because it's really, it's really not super easy um, all the time. And it is easier, right? Like, and this sounds weird to say it, it is easier to put your head down and grind right yeah. because it's super it's a super simple process you don't have to do all of this kind of stuff but you know again in the long run you're it's it's better to do this because you're gonna be you're gonna be forced to do it eventually you know yeah. like at some point you're gonna get tired of yo-yo dieting or at some point something's gonna happen because of all of the things that you've tried to do to your body with pills and whatever that's gonna make you face this right like so the earlier the better right like is 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 you know best i guess um when you were talking about like the the conversation that we have with ourselves i was i was remembering <laughs> trying to have that conversation with a client once of being like it was about them and they were like no it isn't it was about me and i was like okay i mean yes right you know what i mean it was like i had to acknowledge that like yeah you were the trigger you absolutely yeah. were the trigger. I can't lie to your brain and have you say that that was not that was nothing to do with you. It you were the trigger, absolutely. However, every single person who looks like you are also that trigger, right? Yeah. Like so, it, you're not that special, right? And I remember saying yeah. that. <laughs> I said you're not that special that you were the singular <laughs> focus. You just happened to be on that day the person who triggered <laughs> that that behavior within them you know and, and we laughed but it was it was kind of the way to break that of being like yeah i mean it was about me but not about me in worthiness or me as a human it was literally like me as a trigger everybody who does or looks or says or whatever is going to be that trigger right like sometimes we talk about that with anger and stuff like that it's like you didn't make that person angry how they feel about what you said make that made them angry so anybody who says that makes them angry like it, you're not special that, like that's that's not about you at all that's about their inability to hear that right like and so yes you were the trigger on that day congratulations you won the prize right like of, <laughs> of on that day i showed up in this person's life to trigger them right like but it is not about me you know, um, and we can examine sometimes the way that we trigger people. Yes, sometimes we're like, oh, okay, like I didn't know that that does that and I might want to change it because it's not that big of a deal. Right. But also, 
one of the major things about this conversation is that everybody that people are still going to react to your body you're never going to eliminate people reacting to your body positively or negatively it's going to happen and that is so hard for people to hear and manage because it's like well i don't want them to like okay but you're we're gonna have to learn how talk about triggers we're gonna have to learn how to manage that trigger in all directions whether they say you look your body looks good and you don't want to hear it because you're like i don't want you to like i've decided that when you say my body looks good you've now told me i'm more worthy right like we're gonna have to eliminate that trigger because that's not what that means that's how you're internalizing it right you're that's your trigger to manage the same way that when somebody says oh you look like you put on a lot of weight like also my trigger to manage doesn't i don't care i don't care what you think what how does it bother you how is your life negatively impacted by me putting on some weight it's my life that's impacted by me putting on weight and so i should care about it if i want to care about it right but that's like super major people are going to react when you lose weight people are going to say you look good when you get stronger people are going to say wow you'll look better and you're going to be like oh my god i look like shit before like you're going to go through those emotions it's going to happen a lot of people are afraid of it a lot of people are afraid of it i've had clients that are like i don't want to lose weight because i don't want male attention i'm safe at this weight because i'm safe from men because they have trauma with men and it's yeah. like yeah that makes sense right we're gonna we're gonna have to make you safe right like or you're not going to do it yeah. you're not going to believe that 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 um attention isn't going to be dangerous for you that's yeah. a hard sell and we're gonna but we're gonna have to sell it because your health depends on it right now and so you can't stay in a place where your doctor is concerned and your body's going to fail on you because you're afraid that you can't be safe in a smaller body because you think you'll get attention from men you know what i mean like Talk, I mean, it's hard work that people are doing. We sit down and this takes a very long time sometimes, but on the other side of it, right? That freeing, that trust that you were talking about, that safety that we're talking about, it does get created when we do this work. And then you do understand throughout the process, right? The beginning of the process, we have a hard time fathoming. We're like, there's no fucking possible way that I'm going to get there. By the time people get there, they're like, I can't believe I got here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I believed it because I've seen it happen, but you couldn't because you only had your experience. You couldn't imagine that you could be safe. Oh, <laughs> lights flickered. Oh. You couldn't imagine that you could be safe, but here you are and you are safe and you feel great. And it doesn't matter what yeah. these people do or do not say or feel, but that's, that's a long, hard process. It is. And you know, and, and oh, your lights are flickering. This could this could be the shortest podcast ever. Um, we're almost at, at the end, anyways. But um, like, no, know, hold out. Yeah, hang on, lights. Um, you know, the one thing I will say though too is that it's hard because I I can connect to that because to me my value equals how I look, and I'm tr and that's what another trip up I'm having is how do I do this work and how do I do it without from the aspect of gaining worth, but from the aspect of gaining health, like how is that disconnected? I don't know the answer yet, but like <laughs> I'm yeah, working on that. From everybody else, like they yeah. don't have that power. We can't give them that power. Yeah. We give them that power. They keep that power. Yep. And it's, and it's, and it's hard. 
it really is hard. Yeah. And, hard. you know, for me, it's like, that's why I'm super, like, I don't like, don't talk about my body because I don't want to tie my emotion to how, like, like losing weight may not be my goal. It's like, I want to be stronger. Weight loss is a happy result of that process, but that's not my goal. But when people say, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. I want to say to them, yeah. And I'm like, and when they say, oh, you look so good. And I'm like, I didn't look good before. Like, I, I, I want to challenge that because I want to get like, I get that's that's a trigger for me, like you said. It's and what Vanessa was sharing before, I wanted to say that's all cellular memory. That's mm -hmm. what we do. That's why we work on clearing the cellular memory and the charge around those type of events so that it's more neutral. Doesn't mean you're not going to feel some sort of way, but it's not so intense that you're in a trauma response, a triggered response. You're in a response of, oh, yeah, they said that. That's a trigger for me. Okay. Well, you know, and, and working through that and getting through that moment without being actually triggered. So, yeah, like when people say, oh, you look so good. I'm like, I feel great. Like that's what I say in response, but I, I feel great. And that's more important. Yeah. I, and, and I don't feel that feeling like, but I used to feel that feeling. Uh, that was why I would rebel. Cause I'd be like, you're not going to tell me that I need to work out to look good. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's yeah. exactly why I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. Like that's a rebellion in me, but now it's just kind of like, okay. So you think I look good. It's inconsequential. I feel good. And that matters to me way more. Yep. A hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, so much programming so much programming i mean we were talking in the pregame about things that were said in my house that like i that came up for me when i went but when i went on this most recent physical journey and just being like i'd be crazy to think that didn't affect any of this right because i continue to have thunder thighs right? like, but i see them the way that i see like venus and serena williams like they will kick down a door and like that's awesome that's amazing that's a special thing about my body that's not a bad thing about my body my strong legs are amazing yeah i'm proud of them i'm happy to have them you know, and the things that they do are amazing. They've carried me around. They've carried a baby in the belly. Like, like they're, they're fucking, they're, they played hockey. Like yeah. I love them. I love them so much. All the sizes that they've been, they're always going to be, you know, yeah. they're always going to be there. <laughs> and I love them, but yes, it's, it's, there's a lot to sift through. And I think that people, you know, generally have just this aversion to doing it this way because they know it's going to be hard and painful. They yeah. know. And so everybody's always wanting it to not be hard and painful. And so it's easy to fall for the people that tell you this won't be hard and painful. Don't worry. Don't worry. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's why people spend, that's why the diet industry is the most profitable, one of the most profitable industries in the entire world. Yep. Yep. And that's sad because it means, because, because it creates a cycle of like, I failed. Yeah. Like they, they guarantee like so many days or less, they'll do this, this, and this, and then you don't do it. And then you feel like a failure. Yeah, and then you're like, food. yeah. So yes, friends be very careful. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, when I'm not, and I hear you saying, well, other people have done it. I'm like, yeah, maybe. How long though? How long have they sustained that? Yeah. And how, what do you know about their other processes? Yeah. Because again, like you may see um, somebody who did actually do the emotional work, but they didn't see it as that important 
yep. to be honest, because they know that that's not what sells. People don't want to sit down and hear your stories. I mean, the people who are here right now do, but there's a whole different audience that comes here, right? Like yeah. you didn't come here specifically for weight loss information, right? Like you came here for, for, for uh, learning about yourself and transmuting energy and all that kind of stuff. So you can hear this kind of stuff. But most people who are say fitness gurus know you've come here for the fitness. You haven't, and they try to, some of them try to slide story in there. And I love those people where they, you know, they try to like, but they know that like, I can't keep you hanging on the story. I got, I got to keep you hanging on result, you know? And like, because that's the way that we've been trained, but yeah, like that's why we don't hear that. So there may, there's, there are likely people out there. I, I can think of a couple personal friends. Absolutely. That they lose all this weight and they're like, Oh my God, I, I hate this. Like I, I, this is worse. Right. And they went and got help, right? Like they went and they did the emotional help route. And they still are taking care of their bodies. They are still on a health mission, but it is a very different health mission. It's not about looking a certain way specifically, like it's part of it. They like that part, but it is about taking care of themselves and they, they're worth not being attached to it. But they did do the work. So you can't just look at that person and go, oh yeah, like say so-and-so got gastric sleeve and, and now look at them like you don't know their entire process you don't know the emotional mental stuff ask them if there's somebody you know ask them ask them what they've had to go through to be emotionally attached positively to their body you'll learn right quick whether or not they are or are not <laughs> and it, it it can change your perception of what you think success is <laughs> yes a hundred percent and also one last thing that i'd like to say is that access where you're at we're saying all this not to say you can't start somewhere mm -hmm. it's a it's a tandem process yeah. if you're a person who goes to the gym because it helps your mental health to get the endorphins fucking do it do it but it doesn't mean that you have to do all this emotional work before you go to the gym like it's it's not like step one two and three it's like all the steps at the same time, depending on where you're at and depending it's on what you have access to. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you're a person who enjoys the gym, but maybe you're eating is shit and your mental health is shit. So you're not meeting goals or you're not, you're not fine. Then you start with the gym and then you work on the other stuff and you allow it to fuel the work, other work. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe you're super tight in your nutrition and you know and you're you're in flow with it like start there and then figure out where your blocks are what what is what are some sticking points in your journey with your body like it's not that you have to go through the mental and emotional thing first before you get to the other stuff for me it is because of like I've done the other stuff and I've been successful with it, but because of my emotional parts not taken care of, I realized the importance of it. Yeah. Now, am I exploring different ways while I'm going through the emotional work on how do I just add some movement to my day? It's maybe it's walking to the mailbox that is like, you know, half a parking lot away, but you know, where can I just add tiny bits of things that get me started, but aren't like you have to, it's, it's more of a, Hey, what about a walk today? It helps our mental health, maybe. And so, you know, it's about 
adding, like I was just telling Vanessa in the pregame, like these little smoothies that they make for children and, and these organic smoothies. I'm like, dude, there's vegetables that I won't eat in a, in raw form or whole form. There are nutrients, there's flaxseed, there's all the things that I struggle getting into my diet yeah. and all the fiber, which matters because fiber is important. And I'm like, oh, and just adding that once a day is like, that's that's doable. It adds more fruits and veggies to my diet. It gives me some fiber and fills me up and it it helps me not want to go eat snacks. Like so I'm like, okay, those are small reachable goals. And and I, I know is it the path forward part of it, but while I'm figuring out other stuff that's going to impact those two things like eating and moving, I can do a little assisting. I could start the journey small and easy and make it accessible and not this huge disciplinary type of energy. So yeah. just start where you're at, start where you're at, make one tiny change while you're on the other journeys. Like what is the one thing you can access today? Is it walking to the end of your driveway? Is it adding a small salad to your meals every day? Is it, whatever that is. And it doesn't mean it's just salad. Maybe it's about just, you know, shifting when you eat or what you eat or having something that your body needs with what you want to eat. It's not about replacing. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I'm I, like, I feel like I've had like a, a decent amount of success on my journey. I have days where I'm like working out you know, and working out is like 10 lunges. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, well, what do I, what can I, what do I feel like doing right now? Do I want to do a little shadow boxing? Do I want to dance today? And then I just allow that to be the movement. And I don't overstress it and be like, well, you didn't do it for an hour. So it wasn't worth it. It's like, whatever, man, I just needed to move energy through my body. And I don't feel like doing it that way. It's no big deal. It's not the end of the world that I, that I didn't go all out right? Like, cause it's just about doing one, one thing, doing one thing that makes me feel good. I don't have it, 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 it. I don't have to do it every single day. I just need to, in this moment, make that decision. And yeah, so in yeah. this moment it works. Yes. This is not a space for judgment. Judgment is what got us here. Yes. And so let's just not do that. <laughs> Let's, let's go with something a little bit more inspirational, right? Yeah. Like what's, we talked about your, our whys, what's our why, right? Let's shift our whys into the, and this was, this was in the, in the card reading. I'm realizing now we've, we've done a lot of work today, but in one of the card readings, we talked about the why, you know, and when, and that's something that we really need to get down to is what, why am I doing this? What, what makes it really important? What makes me want to do it versus yeah. need to do it? Yeah. Friends, thank you for being on this journey with us. We hope that as you go into this new year, you kind of have all these little nuggets of food for thought we're not giving you a regimen. We're not telling you what to do. We're just sharing information in hopes that you can, if you want to change some sort of your physical body, that you come from it, from a space of the intent of making your life better in a whole and total way, 
not from a space of rejection and judgment. And, you know, if you need help with that, please reach out to us. So next week, we are going to do a reshuffle or shuffle or whatever we're calling it um, on our podcast. It is the week of Christmas and we need a little break. So next week, enjoy a favorite podcast of our choosing. And we hope that you have a beautiful couple of weeks and we'll see you in the new year. Take care, everybody. Love you. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.